0: This is the Ruminant Podcast. I'm Jordan Marr. The Ruminant Podcast is for people who are passionate about farming, gardening, food politics, food security, and the intersections among these topics. At theruminant.ca, you'll find a summary of each episode, as well as book reviews, essays, and photo-based blog posts to stimulate your thinking about food production. I tweet at ruminantblog and email from editor at theruminant.ca. All right, time for the show. Hey folks, so some time ago I sent out a request to all of those among my listeners who are farming or gardening with children and I asked you to submit any ideas you have for making that challenge a little bit easier. I have four guests today. The first you're going to hear from is Eric Barnhorst who farms at Eva May Farm out in Ontario. The second voice you'll hear is from Heather Stretch. Heather farms at Northbrook Farm and also is part of a marketing cooperative called Sanich Organics near Victoria, B.C. Heather is also co-author of All the Dirt, Reflections on Organic Farming. Then you're going to hear from Jason Ruggiero, who farms at Plot Twist Farm in Pennsylvania. And finally, Seth Stallings of Amistad Farm in Oklahoma. Eric's going to be talking to us about something he runs with his daughter in the summer that he calls farm school. Heather's got all kinds of advice for us. She has three kids and she raised them all while managing a busy farm. Jason emphasizes the need to plan out your workdays ahead of time when you're trying to juggle a child, a farm, and a spouse who has other work. And Seth thinks it's really important to establish a routine with your kid really early, if you expect them to behave and for yourself to stay sane while you're trying to farm with little kids. You'll also hear about a couple of brands of child carrier that are highly recommended. Okay, that's it. You might hear from me once or twice during the episode, but from here on in, the thing pretty much runs itself. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, Eric, thanks for getting a hold of me uh, for the show here. Do you have a farm out there in Ontario?
1: Yep, my farm is Eva May Farm. It's a small CSA farm in Ontario.
0: Right on. Okay, well, Eric, I'm really curious to know what garden school is. Yeah,
1: uh, so garden school is something uh, that I've been working on kind of with my older daughter for the past couple of years seasons since she started uh, school, and the downside of starting school is we get used to a routine where uh, there's some time during the day uh, to do stuff, and then summer vacation hits right when I'm busiest. So when uh, my daughter is home with me on a day when I would normally be doing a million things, uh, having her home... For summer vacation has been uh, uh, a challenge. So garden school was uh, our way of figuring out a way to get her out in the garden with me and the way that ended up working the best was almost treating it like a day of school. So she'd pack up her backpack with games and activities and we'd pack a little folding chair for her and an umbrella and bring all her stuff out to the garden and set her up with her games and activities. And there was something about having uh, all the stuff out there with her that meant um, she felt more self-sufficient, I guess. Uh, and in the end, ends up hanging out with me, helping me with chores, um, doing some weeding, uh, and that kind of stuff. So it's been a big success.
0: Right. Okay. So so uh, your, your school-age daughter when she's home like for summer vacation uh i guess an approach other farmers might have tried is simply to encourage their kids to just come and hang out in the garden and either use their imagination or just help whereas whereas your insight is is just that you you pack out you take the time to pack out a whole bunch of stuff that that could she can choose to keep occupied with if she feels like it
1: yeah and so we have tried to just bring her out um uh, with me, but I- inevitably there's uh, there's some kind of interruption or problem, um, and giving her the self-sufficiency of having her own things um, and establishing a routine, I think, um, has made it a lot easier. I mean, we definitely tried, oh yeah, let's just go, you do whatever you want, bring a toy, um, sit on the grass, do whatever you want, um, and I'll just work on my stuff, and it never worked until we set her up with, you know, this is your little station. So she's on her little folding chair. She's got everything she needs. And when she gets tired of pulling weeds or when she gets tired of talking to me, she just goes and reads a book.
0: Cool. So do you ever – okay, so I should establish. How old is your daughter? She's six. Okay, so clearly not old enough yet to be, however many yards or or feet or meters away she would be if she stayed in the house and did the same thing. Right.
1: Yeah. Um, we have uh, uh, we have a baby monitor, but you know those things never reach their advertised distance, as we've discovered trying time and time again. And uh, we also have a little uh, uh, a radio system. That she's just figuring out how to use, but I'm not comfortable really having her in the house when I'm out. That's more like if I have to run somewhere for two minutes, I might leave her with right. the
0: right. So she's probably what another one, two, three years away from you being comfortable with that. Uh, yeah for for a long for a long period. Yeah, right. Okay, so I'm just curious. Have you ever um, has she, Have you ever attempted this little setup? And she has a friend with her. She's invited a friend over. Has that come up yet?
1: Uh, no, but it has worked really well with her sister, actually. Her, okay. so I, we have two kids, yeah. one six and one is three. Um, and the three-year-old uh, is very well entertained by her big sister, so th- that's the other way of one, Once we got the six-year-old comfortable out there uh, you know for a long period of time, then they can play together and they sort of entertain each other.
0: Oh, cool. Right on. Well, okay. And, and sorry, go
1: ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, uh, again, it's the less organized attempts um, seem to always crash and burn.
0: Right. Okay, so putting a little more effort into keeping the kid happy sounds like goes a long way on your farm.
1: Yeah, I think it's more actually than just keeping, staying happy. It's, um, it's having a routine that is comfortable and familiar because we would do this on a regular basis. And I think it also reminded her of school, because she would pack her same backpack with, you know, not the same things she would take to school, but um, pack a snack, pack activities, and she would be involved with packing it the way she would be, with packing her bag for school as well. Yeah, I I, I guess
0: it totally makes sense, establishing that routine, so it's just just the norm. Because I would say that
1: every single individual element that went into, quote-unquote, garden school, Uh, was something that we tried in a less organized way Mm -hmm. we would take that toy out that didn't work we would take that book out that didn't work but it's when you put it all together and package it up as a this is what we're doing today
0: now are you actually with her calling it garden school and is that kind of important part of it or is it is that just the, the what you've called it in describing it to me uh,
1: no, we call it that with her. Actually, no, she doesn't like that name. She she came up with her own name. I always call it Garden School by accident, and she uh, <laughs> she gets mad at me. She likes calling it Garden Day with Daddy. Uh,
0: well, that yeah, that's uh, that obviously her.
1: better. <laughs> uh, and the the great, I would ha- I just want to say that the best part about it has been um, this year. After finishing this season, uh, this is the second year we've done it, and she. Definitely looks forward to it, and I don't think she opened her backpack once, even though she insisted on taking it every time this year. She helped me harvest stuff. She she did some hoeing for the first time this year, which was amazing. <laughs> uh, uh, I had always tried to get her to pull weeds by hand because I thought that would be just, I don't know, more helpful, uh, more a better learning experience, you know, identify this weed and pull it or this is a good one, pull everything else. Uh, but getting her to so, sort of do some blind cultivation with a super light hoe, I think because she was using one of daddy's big tools, it, it made it that much more interesting for her. And she became a very, very diligent worker. They are my favorite days without question, without question. Um, there's there's no there's no like bad behavior, we always have a good conversation. It, it's an, it's a great day. So the the fact that I can get enough done that that I'm not pulling my hair out just means that I can enjoy the day with her.
0: All right on. Okay, that's, that's, well let's let's talk funny. about your second child then. What were you most? I mean, I, I, of course you already had had a child, so you ha, you were probably able to to have an idea of what it would be like. But what what were you most unprepared for? What you what surprised you the most? about trying to farm with uh, an infant or a young child
1: with, with having a young child when I was um, doing a significant, significant amount of the, the parenting, uh, like on a particular day, um, I really thought I could get a lot more done with say, like a, a baby in a carrier kind of approach, which never, ever worked mm-hmm. Uh i thought I, I was never comfortable really leaving the house even with the baby monitor um just because it, it felt i i don't know it didn't it never felt right to me to to be that far away uh be given how the baby monitors don't seem to to have the range i guess with uh with the younger one the the the, the thing that was the biggest surprise because i was more having been through it once before i uh I was not that surprised by the, the other things I said. But the biggest surprise uh, is probably how her personality is different from my older daughter. Mm. Uh, so a lot of the the, the things that I thought could, uh, could work did not work with her. For example, it was... I didn't even have to teach my... Uh, older daughter, when she was about three, or two maybe, uh, not to walk on the beds. She just kind of watched what I did and and did that. But that is exactly her personality. And the younger one is just will run everywhere. So it's been like a multi-year process, <laughs> teacher, where to where to walk. <laughs> but she's also, you know, she's got all these other personality traits that that are make her a. a, a a joy to have in the garden so I, I mean it's not anything
0: right but that's a, I'm really glad that that I asked you that question it just it sounds like one one insight that you made is just that you can't take the first kid's behavior on the farm for granted you know that the second kid will be the same that that you have to approach you know every child uh kind of with a with a open mind about how they're gonna how they're gonna react to to you know the farm and the farming and everything else
1: yeah that's right yeah hmm.
0: Hi, folks. Jordan just cutting in here for a second. Are you a fan of the podcast? If so, I have a favor to ask of you that would help get the show out to more people. It really helps with podcast search engine rankings when a show has a lot of reviews. So it would be great if you could review this podcast in your favorite podcasting app. Or actually, the best place to review it, whether you listen through Apple or not, is is in iTunes. So if you have an iTunes account, you can find the podcast in the iTunes store and rate it there. And the reason that's great is that it seems like Other podcast app search engines are using the iTunes search engine within their own apps. And if you want a quick link to iTunes, head to the ruminant.ca slash review. You can get straight to the ruminant on iTunes from there. Thanks. I really appreciate it.
2: Back to the show. Right. My name is Heather Stretch. My farm name is Northbrook Farm, but I sell with Saanich Organics. I have three kids. And they were born in my third, beginning of my third year, of, actually just before, before my third year of farming, my, during my fifth year of farming, and in my seventh year of farming. So my kids are now uh, 8, 10, and 12 years old. But uh, basically, they've been alive almost as long as I've been farming.
0: Okay, perfect. Thanks, Heather. So I think I'll start by asking you to try and remember to before you were pregnant with your first kid. Um, you must have thought about what it would mean to have kids while farming, and I'm just wondering what what you were thinking at the time or whether to be more specific, whether you thought it was whether you were scared of the idea or whether you thought it was something that you'd just figure out or what you were thinking
2: um i <laughs> what were you thinking is a really good question <laughs> um, i I don't know what the hell I was thinking honestly i I you know frankly it was my husband who said. Okay, so we want a family, right? So uh, why are we using birth control? So I didn't, I didn't plan the timing. For example, I didn't sit down and say, "Okay, let's see, wouldn't it be good to have a January baby?" Therefore, we should be trying. Like not at all. I just, you know, we were just, uh, <laughs> we were just two people who loved each other, and then we got pregnant. You know, intentionally, but we got pregnant. And um, uh, the most bizarre thing in retrospect is looking back, and I realized that it. It didn't actually occur to me to plan a maternity leave. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. I just thought I'll have a farm and I'll have kids. And I just kind of improvised from there.
0: And so ultimately, would you suggest to farmers who are just getting their family started mm-hmm. that, that they need to think about how they will either have more labor or scale down to reflect just how busy they'll be? When their baby's born,
2: I think you got. I think you have a few options. You can, you can get you get childcare. Although financially, of course, that's difficult because farming doesn't make much money. Uh, so you can scale back on the farming, or your other option is to do what I did and 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 frankly, what, what one of my business partners, Rachel, did, which is just kind of try to juggle it. Except that you're going to be on the one hand, that you are going to be really tired and it's going to be very, very difficult, but also have some rewards for sure. And also, then you i just had to let go of some sort of social expectations or um, maybe my idealized picture in my head of of sort of you know perfect parenting. I, 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 I saw other mothers who were who, you know, were teaching their babies sign language and who were very attentive to their baby's needs and putting their philosophies of parenthood into action very, very intentionally. And sometimes I thought, oh, my God, I just suck as a parent because, like, yeah, sure, my kid's on my back all the time because I'm I'm weeding and harvesting. I'm not looking in his face. I'm not teaching him sign language. I'm not... I don't have time to do a lot of the, I'm not going to baby groups. I'm not going to swim classes. I'm not providing a rich stimulating environment for his growing brain, blah, blah. But if I, if I, so I had to kind of let go of some of those pictures of what ideal parenthood would be and just kind of go with it, Um, have my kid with me all the time. Uh, Fortunately, you know, breastfeeding is great because it's very, very portable. Um, (laughs) The baby would just be in the field with me. And, and, you know, frankly, my kid is dirtier than, than a lot of people would be comfortable with their baby being. Um, my kid probably cried more than, than some people be, would be comfortable letting their child cry. Uh, there were definitely trade offs, but well, frankly, it, it didn't really occur to me to do anything differently. And, and ultimately now, you know, I have, I have three, you know, relatively healthy, well-adjusted kids and and we all get along great and it's gotten a lot easier and my farm, you know, continued to succeed through those years and those years were difficult for sure.
0: Well, let's let's talk about that. So let's start with uh, being physically pregnant uh, while farming.
2: First trimester, I was exhausted. It's really tiring to grow a placenta. It turns out, so I was exhausted, but, uh, you know, just kind of w- went ahead. Uh, second and, second trimester was, was great. I felt totally fine. Um, yeah, and everybody's different, you know. Some some women, um, fortunately, myself included, can can carry on with pretty much normal physical activity and everything pretty much right up until the end. Uh, some women I know have, you know, debilitating uh Uh, nausea all kinds of things that would prevent that from happening i was super lucky and i'll tell you a january baby was was fantastic for the farming season um my i mean i was i was harvesting when i went into labor like it was I, i really did just carry on with my normal amount of activity my next two babies were each born in september which is really terrible timing um so i was i was I was big and heavy and hot through the <laughs> exhausting, hot part of the season. Um, and then, you know, that was when I realized in, in, in both of those cases, you know, I realized after the baby was born that that was really the first time I realized the farm could exist without me in September for a couple of days. You know, I think we all get a bit wrapped up on our farms in thinking that the sun will stop rising and setting if we're not working all the time. Um, and, you know, you go into labor and you realize, oh, what do you know? I guess I, I won't be uh, finishing this order I'm supposed to be harvesting today. So
0: I just want to ask one more very quick question about uh, about the pregnancy itself. And mm-hmm. given the observations you made, would you advise a family, a farm family that knows they want to have kids to attempt to time the birth of their baby?
2: No, I, I wouldn't only because I know... Um, because I know too many people who 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 wait to, to, to try to get pregnant until the timing is, is, is right in, in quotation marks and and then they don't and then they have trouble conceiving. Conception is tricky, man. Um, when you don't want to get pregnant you do. When you do want to get pregnant, you sometimes don't. And I think, you know, going through a farming season of significant challenges, if, if having a family is important to you, uh, I do not think you should be using birth control. <laughs> I think if, 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 ha- if you know for sure that you want a family, and of course it's not for everybody, but if you know for sure that you want a family, I don't think you should mess with that. I don't think you should like be like, oh, well, yeah, but maybe it would be better to have the baby in January because you don't know if you're going to be able to conceive when you want to. So just, I say just go for it. One thing I would say um, I very strongly advise is to... You, you don't have to plan out the minutia of how your farming is going to work, how your farm is going to work, how your parenting is going to work, but you do need to sit down and think a bit about how the finances are going to work. And one thing I'm just incredibly lucky about is that my spouse has off farm work that he loves. Um, Cause babies don't cost much, but uh, kids do. And there are trips to the dentist. Um, there are sports that the kids are going to want to sign up for. Um, I just feel like if both my husband and I were working full-time on the farm, self-employed, no, no, you know, no dental insurance, um, that would be really stressful. So I think that if one um, partner or the other has something they can do Especially if it's something they, they might even like doing, that provides uh, benefits. Um, I hate to say it, but I'd say at least for a few years in there, suck it up. Have one partner do a job either that either is lucrative or has benefits. Because um, man, that would suck to think, oh no, my child has an abscess in their tooth, and that means we're not going to be able to buy them shoes. You know, and it might come down to that if you don't have some kind of financial security.
0: And Heather, to what extent did your any forms of labor you've had end up being babysitters? And is it was that something that was planned, unplanned, and would you advocate for for leaning on your labor that way?
2: Uh, in my case, I was I've been I was very clear with my farmhand with any apprentices, farmhands, people on the farm that the job did not include um, babysitting, childcare. Um, the, that's the way I did it. I think you could do it either way. As, but I think the communication has to be absolutely crystal clear uh, so apprentices understand if, if they're going to be involved with the children at all. And if they're not, they have to understand that the parent will be often called away from the farm. Um, and so in my case, I started even, – even when I had apprentices who lived on the farm – and, and felt, you know, kind of more like family and who said to me, oh, we're, you know, we're happy to watch the kids. Like, we're happy to help out with the kids. Uh, that'd be, you know, we're totally into that. I would say, great, I really appreciate that. And if I ever take you up on it, I'm going to pay you, as I would the teenage babysitter down the road. Um, because I wanted to keep any childcare. care. Um, I, I didn't want it to be in the, in the realm of a favor that would happen that I felt uncomfortable asking. I wanted it to be in the realm of like a, a business transaction where I could say, Hey, I'd really like to go to this meeting tonight. Um, would you like to babysit? And they, they know I'm going to pay them and they can say yes, or they can say no. Um, but I, I tried to keep communication around that really clear. And I never had childcare as part of the, uh, of, the, of, the of the, of the, you know, acceptable, work at all one thing that I did that was very helpful was from when the kids were quite young I found a girl in the neighborhood she, she was she was quite young as well she was kind of on on the young end to be able to babysit so she was kind of a a, a very part-time occasional nanny slash playmate kind of babysitter while I was on the property so she'd be in the house playing with the kids while I was out in the field working. And since she, well, frankly, she was only 11 when she started. Since she was only 11 years old, um, I, you know, I didn't have to pay her 12 bucks an hour, like, you know, or anything like that. Oh, that um, but I,
0: I, I get it. That makes sense. You're still around. So she mm-hmm. doesn't have the full responsibility, but it does allow you to get some stuff done where you don't have to be right on top of what the kids are doing or whatever.
2: Yeah. And, and the kids, you know, and the kids were very happy to have someone to play with right the toddlers saying mom can we play with lego mom can we play with lego and i'd be like no son i'm busy and that's the problem right when you're farming and parenting at the same time i feel like i have to this day i feel like i'm I'm a half-assed farmer and a half-assed parent because i just can't give either the attention it deserves um so whatever i just i just accept that that is the case and then you know when jillian was around then that was that was when the kids could have a an older person sit
0: and play Lego with them for two hours. Right. That was so nice of you. Thank you, Heather. Have a great day.
2: No no problem at all. You too.
0: Okay. Bye-bye. Hey, folks. It's me again. So do you like these episodes that feature listener submissions? Are you enjoying the current episode on tricks for farming with kids? Or did you like that episode from a number of weeks back about winter work for farmers? Well, they only work if people submit. So it's been a while, but I'm going to try again now. So you are producing food and you're ready to turn it from the thing that's alive into the thing you're going to sell. And I want to know something cool or insightful you're doing to get it from the former to the latter. So if you grow vegetables, what's something you're doing in the wash tent or the processing room to make your life easier? Do you raise livestock? How about something you do to catch the animals to make your life easier? Or something that's going on during the slaughter process or the packaging process, an insight that you made that that improved your efficiency or profitability or something like that. Do you produce honey or mushrooms or lavender or soy? I wanna hear from you too. If you wanna make a submission, you can email me, editor at therumina.ca and let me know that you want me to call you. Or if you're feeling particularly sassy, you can just record your insight on the recording app on your phone. And then just send that to editor at the ruminant.ca. Okay, back to the episode. Okay, so, uh, Jason, thanks a lot for getting in touch with me. Do you, um, Do you, you're out, I believe you're out in Pennsylvania. Do you have a farm out there?
3: Yeah, my wife and I have a, a small farm out here in Pennsylvania. We do uh, CSA, you know, uh, style farming. Uh, we This is our first year. We had eight. Only eight shares, but uh we already are into the twenties here reserved for the next year.
0: Oh, right on. That's awesome. That was uh yeah. Uh so what, well first of all, what's the name of your farm, Jason?
3: Uh the name of the farm is Plot Twist Farm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh
3: it's kind of a play on words. Uh, my wife is uh a newspaper reporter and there's kind of uh, you know, plot twist in our lives here that's kinda of switched gears and looked more toward farming.
0: Uh that's a cool farm name. I hadn't I haven't seen or heard that one anywhere
3: else, so that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's my wife's creation.
0: Uh cool. So you started a CSA, it's growing. That's good to hear. And you wrote me when I when I put a call out for insights about parenting as a farmer, and I'm just wondering what you wanted to tell me.
3: Yeah, well, you know, when you said, you know, about farming uh with children, uh We not only started the farm this year, our first year, but we started it um, with a child that when the year started, the season started, was under one. (laughs) Wow. Um, So it was kind of a dual, you know, change for us. Not only were we farming, but it was our our first child. Um, So I kind of thought like, well, you know, I have a small, pretty small farm, but I do have some experience uh, farming with a child, so I give you a call.
0: Well, what, so what did you, what did you, uh, what, what happened? How did it go?
3: <laughs> well, it went, uh, it went surprisingly well, I would say, you know, um, one of the things that kind of jumped out, uh, that we did halfway through the year was, I don't know if you're familiar with, um, a company called Kelty. They make like backpacks, like for backpacking and hiking. Okay. Um, they, they also make what are called, um, Uh, like basically a baby backpack, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that was a huge help. Um, You had to kind of be smart about, you know, what you could do with him in it. Like, obviously, like, bending over and harvesting was a bad idea. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, things like using a hoe or, um, you know, even, like, spreading compost or raking out beds or different things, it was just so nice to be able to um, not have to wait till he was asleep or something to get something done,
0: mm-hmm.
3: um, like I said, you kind of had to plan it out, but that was a huge help just to be able to um to do things with him on my back and you I did actually get to the point where I could like kind of move <laughs> move down the row in a kind of a squatted position and harvest with him on my back.
0: Mm-hmm. And, then, uh, which, and which, then you've you've just developed quads like Hulk Hogan, I guess.
3: <laughs> yeah, sometimes it felt like that, but I mean, obviously that's a little more extreme. That was like when we were kind of you know maybe daylight was dwindling or time was running out. But like um, like you said, uh, especially using like some of the more long handled like um, Elliot Coleman style hose. Yeah. Where you can stand really straight already, um, that's something you can easily do with him, or I could easily do with him on my back, um, which was great. Um, kind of to that point, like I said about planning it out, that was just such a huge piece of working with him. Which it sounds obvious. I mean, you know, you have to plan it out with a child, but um, like just thinking ahead about. You know, okay, I need to get this done, and I'm going to be on my hands and knees, so, like, I have to get up extra early before he gets up and do that.
0: <laughs> uh, so you start you start to, like, order your day around the tasks that you just can't can't have a kid with you, you know, and then that has to happen exactly. at certain times, and uh, I see. So you're like,
3: that, you know, someone's going to have to be here when I do that, because maybe it's like I have to have the rototiller out, you yeah. know, or whatever it has to be, it's like, that can't be done today, you know. Uh, Or maybe it can be done, but i got to get up extra early. So you kind of have to um, think about that, I think, more than you normally would, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all are, like, kind of get up every day, I think, and think, what has to be done today, because we're all, you know, working with this huge to-do list. Um, But I think it's like you need to kind of winnow it out a little bit more, so, it sounds, sounds like um, in a
0: in a way your your young child kind of becomes your
3: farm manager. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a very good way to put it, Jordan. Um, <laughs> he really does, and, and or one of the big things is like looking out ahead, and like we uh, distribute our shares on Saturday, and we harvest almost everything on Friday, and um, if Friday was like rainy stormy thunderstorms whatever that was like we had i had to learn you know like this is not going to work i'm going to be up till midnight with a headlamp on after he goes to sleep (laughs) right yeah
0: (laughs) because he can't be
3: outside those days yeah you know so it's kind of like like you said uh he becomes your farm manager because he dictates how things are done what time they're done whether you need to call for reinforcements, <laughs> right? Uh, whatever the case might be.
0: So, so, um, so, Jason, um, just getting back to the carrier. You know, someone like me who doesn't have yeah. kids yet, I, I have kind of anticipated that that I would likely, I will likely need to integrate a carrier into into it. I'm just wondering, and you've given, you've helped simply by pointing out Kelty is a good brand. But like, are there any? is there any learning you had to do in terms of using the carrier? Like just
3: anything. I, here's something I guess I would say, you know, like I probably, unfortunately, um, too often use rocks or old bricks to weight down my row covers. Yeah. (laughs) And then those are, of course, just left in the path for the next time that I need them. Yeah. And that can be not, not uh, a good system, obviously, in general, and even worse, with a child on your back.
0: Well, Jason, I that's awesome. Thanks a lot for getting a hold of me. Is there anything else on the subject that you want to add?
3: I guess um, the one thing I would just add uh, before I go is just like, uh, you know, working, I think, whether it would be with a spouse or, you know, a farm partner or whoever, and, and one of you or, or whatever have a, have a child, the communication is so important about what you, you know, especially with a spouse, like just saying like to your spouse, you know, well, we need to do this today. (laughs) Um, but also, you know, like my wife was great about working with me about like, you know, and I'm saying like, I need to transplant the tomatoes today and that's going to take two hours or whatever it's going to take, you know? Um, but I guess it's just like, thinking that that other person that's uh with your child um just because they're not out there in the field with you (laughs) doesn't mean they're like sitting inside with their feet up yeah right (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean yeah totally um and maybe um you need to kind of like work things out with them you know um like okay so I'm going to go do this for two hours and then I'm going to come back in and make lunch and you can do X or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think that goes a lot smoother than when you're kind of like, well, I need to do this and I need to do this and I need to do this. Um, you know, you still have to kind of communicate, um, because that just makes the whole experience go a lot easier. So, and I can only imagine, you know, even if it was, you know, a, farm where you had a, a, a business partner, um, you know, communicating about what you're going to be able to do and your t- time availability and, and everything would be just as important. So,
0: Right on. Well, that's great. Those are those are great insights, Jason. Thank you again for, for getting hold of me.
3: Well, thank you, Jordan. Uh, my wife and I both love the podcast, so uh, it's an honor to be on.
0: Cool. Hey, can you hear me okay, Seth? I can. Let me turn you up a little bit
4: so a little better. Okay.
0: There we go. Okay. Um, well, thanks again, Seth. We can jump right into it so I don't waste too much of your time. Um, okay. What did you, what did you, what were you going I'll to, just, I'll just ask you, what were you going to call and, and, and talk about?
4: Uh, but basically, my two, one small one and the other big one, I think is uh, get a good baby carrier. Uh, we like the ergo and uh, start using it right away and just and start involving your kids as early as you can and just get them excited about doing chores with you. Like our daughter, uh, you know, we one of the ways we can get her to get her shoes on and put a new diaper on and say, Hey, we want to go look at the chickens. we got to go feed them. And she gets excited and will uh, help us out and actually put on clothes to go do something like that. So, that's kind of the basic overview is uh you know do as much as you can together and and uh involve the kids as early as you can and get them excited about doing it and then they don't get out there and dread it and look forward to being wet and cold on the days you got to go out there and do it in the rain and cold so
0: okay so so seth can you expand on that um what like what what do you see as the why is it so important to get them involved early
4: uh i think just getting them used to the idea that you know no matter what morning it is and how we feel and what's going on is we've got to go out and take care of the chicken um you know no matter whether we're hungry or whatever it, if it's raining or cold or whatever we got to go do it and i think just getting them into that habit of the the lifestyle i think is um getting them into that rhythm you know i think in farming so much of are just habitual and routine and certain things have to be taken care of at certain times and so maybe part of it's getting them used to an early bedtime or doing certain things at certain times and just getting them used to the rhythm of life on a farm Does that make sense yeah uh, yeah okay. i guess is what i'm getting getting at
0: so uh, so how early how early did you get your your kid involved in, in terms of getting them used uh, basically
4: to basically from uh, um, before things really picked up, you know, in the spring. Uh, so she was about three months old, I guess, when when our, our spring broiler season really kicked off. Uh, but, you know, by that time, you know, they kind of have a little bit of head control and fit in a baby carrier pretty well. So we just, uh, you know, kind of hit the ground running with her and doing chores mm-hmm. and processing and all that stuff. So.
0: And that was, it sounds like... Um... That from when you went, got going that earlier, it was primarily by using a, a, a baby carrier, which I assume was on your body. Yeah,
4: yeah. Uh, I mean, we we don't have the the fortunateness of uh, being close to family and having lots of babysitters around, and we don't want to pay for babysitters, so uh, it's just you know we do what we have to do and keep the kid around or my daughter around and and do what we have to do kind of thing. So. I mean that's a decision every every you know parent has to make. But for us, that was the big thing. Is the reason we wanted to farm is because we wanted to farm together. And so we might as well figure out how to do it from an early age as opposed to passing her off all the time. So that's not to say that we never have a baby carrier for for big events when we have to do stuff. But for the most of, most of the time, she tags along. So
0: and that's okay. And I think you mentioned a, a specific brand of carrier that you like. Could you, I didn't I didn't hear you.
4: Yeah, it's the Ergo, E-R-G-O, I think that's spelled.
0: And why, why do you like it so much?
4: Uh, it's just well-made. Uh, it's a, one of the more expensive brands, I think, but uh, it's got some just good features. It's got a good, like, hip band um, that's really adjustable for kind of a – it fits my wife as well as me really well. Um, I'm, you know, probably eight inches taller than my wife, um so and it it fits both of us well and it's pretty easy to use and it's comfortable for the baby i think um and it's good for our nearly two-year-old and i think would be as suitable for a younger uh, baby as well so
0: well that sounds like good advice seth what's the name of your farm
4: uh honest dog farm we're in uh, central oklahoma Uh,
0: uh i don't know if that came through well say that again the name of the farm seth
4: Uh, Amistad
5: Amistad A-M-I-S-T-A-D Cool
0: So that's it folks I hope you enjoyed that episode And if you like the show As I talked about in the middle I hope you will go and rate it At the iTunes store Or in another podcasting app Another way you can support the show Send a small baggie of Swedish fish To Jordan Marr, 4855 McKinnon Road Peachland, British Columbia, V0H1X2. Take care and talk to you next week.
5: Live life like it was meant to be. I oh, don't fret. Honey, I've got a plan to make our final escape. All we'll need is each other a hundred dollars and maybe a roll of duct tape. And we'll run right outside of the city's reaches We'll live off chestnut spring water, and peaches We'll owe nothing to this world of thieves And live life like it was meant to be Cause why would we live in a place that don't want us A place that is trying to bleed us dry We could be happy with life in the country With salt on our skin and the dirt on our hands I've been doing a lot of things some real soul searching and here's my final resolve. I don't need a big old house or some fancy car to keep my love going strong. So we'll run right out into the wilds and graces. We'll keep close quarters with gentle faces and live next door to the birds and the bees and live life like it was meant to be. Papa, ba pa, ba pa, ba ba